Welcome to the Gridiron Show. Do you want to do the intro? No. <laughs> Show and it's another tw- it's a win, not another Twickenham week in the book. The first ever game to be played at Twickenham, another international series week in the book, and another one to come. So there's loads of us to cover. We've got all your tweets and mentions. We're going to talk a little bit about week seven as well. We're going to cover all the big news topics and the Billy Big Bollocks just get bigger. This is the Gridiron Show. Hello and welcome to The Gridiron Show. Will Gavin and Ollie Hunter back in the front room. I'm quite enjoying these out-of-studio experiences, Ollie, and I'm enjoying them even more today because Ollie has lay on breakfast for us. At your house? Yeah, all right. Yeah, but uh, I, I did. Um, well, look, uh, we are. Uh, there is an attempted diet going on in my house at the moment, so there's none of this good stuff in my house. So what I did was got Ollie to bring over <laughs> that's incre- some pastries and juice and stuff. That's stuff incredible. Not allowed in the house so, anyway. So when Sarah comes back, you're like, "What can I do? You just brought it round. <laughs> I, 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 it would have been rude." Yeah, and earlier on when I had you on speakerphone and you went, "What pastries do you want, mate?" I was like, "Oh, mate." Selling me down the river here, buddy. Come on. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, welcome to the Green Show. Loads to get to today. Uh, just a few bits and pieces. We're going to have some nonsense, some uh, the, all the usual chat. We're going to talk all the big news stories, including Aria Foster, Josh Brown, some brilliant comments from Jay Cutler, um, a bit of trade chat as well. We'll take your tweets. We'll pick a few games from week seven because, again, apologies, we're recording this a day or so late uh, compared to when we would normally do it due to various work uh, endeavours. Uh, also, party preparation, which we'll get to in a moment. We're also going to chat to Ben Mortimer from Touchdown Trips. They're coming down to our event this weekend and got some exciting things to tell you about. Uh, we've got some non-football stuff. We've got loads to get to. And we'll look forward to Thursday Night Football and this weekend at Wembley as well. Uh, first of all, Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter? Not the famous uh, indie <laughs> actress Holly Hunter. Ollie Hunter, how are you, sir? I'm all right. I'm right. I'm sorry. I'm just a bit of uh, arm <laughs> chocolate croissant went down the wrong way there. Yeah, just to say. So what he's brought? He's brought a, uh, a little pecan pastry. It is the Great British Bake Off final tonight. So is this it is pecan. Yeah, I said it the wrong way, but it's all right. Okay. Uh, a little chocolate croissant, a little regular croissant. Uh, well, oh, and no, a muffin no regular, as well. No regular croissant. Two different types of chocolate croissant. So pan au chocolat. Ah, right. Okay. And a croissant chocolat, and um, an almond and white chocolate muffin. Whoa! Which is there? Which you've rather rudely left. Well, I didn't want to just load my plate up with absolutely everything. I felt like a real fatty. Yeah, but that's what I've done. Give <laughs> <laughs> me half the size of me. It's a good point. Very good point. As we learn. When uh, we met Greg Rosendahl this week. How nice was he? What a lovely man. Yeah. What a lovely, lovely man. He is tiny, though. Not in a derisory way, but he's a similar size to you. It's when the <laughs> three of us got a photo at the end of the night. Uh, it did look like I'd, I kidnapped two hairy children, basically. Um, yeah, okay. Well, his hair's on his head yeah, rather you're... than on mine, <laughs> yeah, which is on my face. It's the opposite of yours. It's the direct opposite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What a lovely man. We went out for drinks with him on a Saturday night. Met him at practice last week. Went for drinks with him on Saturday night. Grabbed a bite to eat at Benito's Hat. Courtesy um, Rog. 
Oh yeah, I forgot that Rog paid for our Good dinner. Good old Rog. Oh, I better, uh, I better send Rosie a message to say thank you for that again. But also, I think we need to send him a message because uh, we got a mention on their podcast this week, Ollie. What? We got a mention on their podcast this week, and it's incredible. And I'm going to play it to you without their permission because that's funny to me. Uh, hold on, I've got it here. Let's uh, let's just hear what they had to say on the show. But it, w- it was cool. I was out with. Um, some of the UK media who covers uh, the NFL. Humble Breck. Um, well, Gavin, <laughs> Paolo, Gavbomb. our producer, Paolo uh, Roger. Ollie Hunter, who does this Talk Sport 2 podcast and radio show people should listen to yeah. that I do a spot on every week. So, the first thing to mention there is that. Uh, Doesn't he call you Gav? It, it, I, I get called Gavbomb by Hansus, but most importantly, uh, Will Gavin. Paolo, he didn't try and say his surname. I don't blame him for that. Uh, producer Ollie Hunter, he gives the TalkSport 2 show a plug. Yep. There's someone missing from that list. The Gridiron Show. Uh, more importantly, the fourth member of our group and fellow Pats fan, Matt Sherry, no mention whatsoever. <laughs> that is incredible. Uh, <laughs> but Matt Sherry was there. Which really did please me. That's uh, amazing. I hope you've included that on the email that you've just sent Matt Sherry. Yeah, poor Matt. And then uh, and then it followed up a little bit more. Well, there's more. Well. There's a little bit more. Yeah. That I do a spot on every week. And so I was out with them kind of hearing what it's like to be covering the NFL in the UK. I met up with them, had some drinks, had some dinner. And I told them about the meetup possibility. They really encouraged me, put it over the top. So he's acknowledging that we uh, encouraged the meetup and put it over the top. Now, that's not how I remember it. Put it over the top. What, what I remember is that we basically bullied him into doing it. Well, we, there have been some earlier talk in the night about how he's like a New York guy. And the reason he likes the guys who he does the podcast with is because they bust each other's chops and give each other crap. And like, that's, that's what he's used to, the way you treat friends. And I think he liked that as Brits, that's how we all treated each other. Mostly because you're not giving me crap, but that's fine. <laughs> but, I mean, that's <laughs> true. We, we really did. Um, the Billy Big Bollocks thing came out a lot and he did inquire as Maybe to why I, that I, was. I wanted you to put them away. But you wouldn't. I just wanted to. <laughs> oh, sorry. The referencing of yeah, Billy you, Big Bollocks. Yeah, you did keep calling me that at any possible turn. But uh, yeah, from what I remember, we basically bullied him into sending the tweet out. And then we turned up at the Empire Casino. And uh, like he says on the podcast, about 10 people turned up. It was more than that. It was like 20 odd people at 10, 30, 11 o'clock on a Saturday night in the middle of London just saw a tweet and so turned up. It was pretty amazing that, uh, that they had that if kind of pull. tweet. They will come. And I've, well, I've said it before, but we're doing our party this coming weekend. And if... Where are we doing that, Will? We're doing it at the Bloomsbury Lanes. £10, you get free beer. Eventually, free beer is only for advanced tickets. We are going to be doing tickets on the door as well. But you don't get a free beer unless you have pre-booked for the party. So pre-book. We've probably done about half the tickets at the moment, which, to be honest, with the capacity of the place, with the style of seating and stuff, it'll still feel full. It'll still feel busy. But we've got... Three or four days. I expect they're going to ramp up over the next few days, uh, and uh, and we're going to sell more and more. There is an amazing prize draw which you're going to be entered into. So what we're going to do? We're going to have. I'm one- going to be entered into it. Uh, no, no. If you buy a ticket for the uh, if, for the event, you're going to be entered into a fantastic prize draw. Now, the uh, situation of it is. There is going to be, we're going to have a prize to give away on the night. We're looking into what it's going to be because there are a few different things it could be. Uh, some talk about uh, maybe doing a, um, 
uh, they, they, we've got some Oakland Raiders jackets from Majestic. We've got some signed hats. We've got some bits and pieces. So we're picking what we're going to give away on the night. But if you get entered into the prize draw, which everyone in that building will be entered into it, as well as the people who came along to our, uh, the tailgate, the ultimate tailgate party before the last game mm-hmm. with Sports Travel Tours, uh, anyone who gets a subscription between now and, and the end of the prize draw, etc., all of these things, you'll get entered into it. And the prizes you could win in that include a Todd Gurley jersey signed by... Uh, Hall of Famers Orlando Pace and Kevin Green Uh, a Giants jersey signed by David Deal potential future Hall of Famer and uh, who else was there from the Giants I've forgotten now oh man (laughs) the other other Giants honorary captain of the day there was a guy called Tuma there yeah the other uh, Giant uh, we've got gridiron t-shirts signed by players we've got uh, a game pass subscription for a year to give away Uh, we've got an ESPN player subscription to give away which obviously lets you access all the college games all of that stuff as well all of their online content and their insider content so it's this phenomenal prize draw that sherry has been working on putting together and so by buying a ticket you get entered into that there will be one prize that we give away on the night to be announced and then we will have you'll get entered and you'll win one of you could win one of those prizes as well if you get drawn at the end of the draw period which i think we're doing at the end of november maybe probably around the sort of time we're going to announce our super bowl pie amani tuma yeah there you go that's well done no cat no why is your cat eating Going pastries. after my pastries. What's it doing? It, it's going after my pastries. Uh, why would it go after pastries? Uh, literally, cats will genuinely... They're like, more like dogs than people think. They will genuinely eat anything. Uh, Ollie, is there anything else you would like to bring to the table other than laughing at the fact that uh, Sherry didn't get a mention and uh, my balls have swelled to the side? Stop trying to pick her up. Okay, Leave her yeah. alone. Um, Do you want some pastry, love? What, <laughs> is there any... No, no, no. I, I thought Greg was lovely and uh, had a really lovely... Nice time. I'm going to see if I can hit him up for when I go over to LA, which would be you good should fun. do for the yeah. for the trip with uh, with sports travel. You should definitely do yeah. that. That'd be awesome. See if you can go and do a little trip around the studios, maybe or something. Yeah, say hi. You might be you might be allowed to as a producer, as he called you. You might be allowed to even go and sit next to Sid and press some buttons, play in some drops, get on the microphone. Oh, it'd be great if I could take one of our drops <laughs> <laughs> to the bay. <laughs> Why that one of all of them? I don't know. Which other one? Uh, there are so many good ones. I mean, this one's the obvious one to, put, to give him. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen this with the cats yet. <laughs> really doesn't like it. He is, he is a pricking up and going crazy. Where's that cat? The point is, there are loads of good ones you could use. And yeah, I can't believe Tudabeng was the one you chose. Um, should, I, we, yeah. should we do some news from around the NFL? Let's do some news. Uh, starting off with... <laughs> Drink your clementine juice. You're half on mic. You're not talking properly. Are you coming for one of these? Oh, ages to open those. Uh, the Dolphins' Arian Foster has announced his NFL retirement. One of my very favourite players to watch over the past six, seven, eight years. Obviously a fantasy a darling over his career as well. Um, uh, yeah, just had a horrible time in Miami. Several injuries. Um, he said, after, He said the game has meant everything to me. My therapy, my joy, my solace and my enemy. I've learned to love every facet of the game from the peak of accomplishment to the gutter of criticism and it all makes the ride worthwhile. So Arian Foster, 30 years old, has retired from the NFL. Loads of great reaction to it on Twitter, etc. But you have to say... It can't be in any small part down to the fact that Jay Ajayi this weekend became only the fourth NFL runner to run for 200 yards in back-to-back games. Not only did he do that, but I thought he looked even better against a better Bills defense than he did the week before. I think the... the Well, the only reason he didn't get more is because he cramped up. 
the very next play, Damien Williams got the touchdown. And I think that was, it was something ludicrous, like eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter, where if they get the ball again, all they're going to do is run. The guy could have got 250, 300 yards rushing if he carried on. It was unbelievable, incredible performance from London, London-born, as he's forever and only yeah, oh, known yeah. over in this Sorry, country. Sorry, I forgot to call him London-born JHI. Now I feel like I'm going to be in trouble for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, yeah, you really will. I think you should trademark it. I actually think that um, the, the the Dolphins' improvement on the line and the fact that they've got that left-hand side of their line back over the last two weeks, they run the kind of similar zone-blocking scheme to what they run at, in Dallas. And I'm not suggesting that they're anywhere to the same level as Dallas, but now they've got Brandon Albert back on the left-hand side of the line. Laramie Tunsil kicked inside to left guard, who's looking very good. Uh, I think suddenly what was one of their biggest weaknesses over the first few weeks of the season is suddenly a strength. And it's the reason the Dolphins have gone from for back-to-back victories. And, you know, for Arian Foster is a loss for the league, but Jay Ajayi right now, if you can go out, if you can get him, trade for him, whatever, he is the true fantasy darling for the rest of this season as it stands. He stays fit. Can the Dolphins make the playoffs? I mean... Probably not because the AFC South is so tight and I think that the AFC in general, there are a few teams who, AFC South, AFC East even, sorry, but it's so dominated by the Patriots and the Bills still look a good squad even though they lost this game this weekend. And you look at the West, Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers are the best three and four team in the NFL at the moment, maybe just tying with the Dolphins. So both the the Raiders, Broncos and the Chiefs all have winning records. It looks like the two wildcard spots will come from both the East and the West or, or one of them. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could do I'm it. Not saying, they I'm go not saying, on a run, they could do it. You're saying there's a chance. I'm not sure that's true, but okay. there we go. Uh, Josh Brown has been released by the New York Giants. I mean, we spoke about this last week because we were in the press conferences with Ben McAdoo, etc. I thought it was shocking that everyone who spoke about him said, we're going to stand behind the player, we're going to stand behind the man, we're going to, and gave it all of that. And the moment he went on the commissioner exempt list, the moment all the stuff came out last week about, you know, this personal uh, log he'd been keeping of all the the different occasions, like uh, genuinely, I think there is a question to be asked over whether the Giants withheld any information from the NFL. They clearly must have known about what happened at the Pro Bowl. There's no way that the NFL didn't uh, get in touch with it. And I understand that Josh Brown has spoken out and issued a statement uh, apologising that um, the character, that his issues according to question the character or integrity of the New York Giants organisation. But I think they've really botched the snap on this. Mm. They've handled it really, really badly. And I'm all for rehabilitation. I do truly believe that people can be... Like, I think Ray Rice, look at the amount of work he does now in domestic violence, in raising awareness. Like... There is a possibility for somebody to become a better person off the back of incidents like this, but the Giants just handled it dreadfully. If you were going to describe how the Giants handle it in a in a particular play, I've got one in mind, and it features the city, the 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 cross city team. Is it the butt fumble? But, they've butt fumbled it, <laughs> haven't they? They've just butt fumbled I'm it. Trying to eat my pan of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you. Um, I love this. Uh, the fact that Josh, uh, Josh Fox, John Fox, John Brown confused, came out early this week um, and said that Cutler's return is closer. Uh, they don't have a plan for when he's coming back, but they believe that uh, it's the anytime he gave Brian Hoyer credit, but basically said. 
Jay Cutler is our quarterback. He's our number one. He always has been, like, gave it all the Billy Biggs. And Jay Cutler just came out in his press conference and basically went, well, he doesn't have a choice, does he? Because Brian Hoy is injured. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, classic, surly, prick of a man, Jay Cutler. I mean, he's got a point. But yeah. Come on, Jay. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Was Jay meant to say, thanks, I, I, you know, I really felt that I always had the coach's backing. That's exactly what he's meant to say. That's, what, he Russell, that's what Russell Wilson would say, isn't it? Well, do you quite like Jay Cutler? No. I like that comment. Okay. I dislike him immensely, but I thought that was funny. Is that because he dislikes you immensely? It's, he was rude to me on two occasions, but I also, <laughs> I also think he's been outperformed by Brian Hoyer and by uh, Josh McCown in two of the last three seasons. And to me, that does not scream franchise quarterback. That was a really interesting story earlier this it week. It does not scream formerly the highest paid quarterback player in the NFL. There was, a, there was an interesting story earlier this week about the possibility of... Um, uh, either Romo or Cutler being on the trading block uh, for... Who's had their quarterback go down? Somebody major has had their quarterback go down. Uh, <laughs> why can't I think of it? Uh, oh, uh, for the, the, the idea of the Broncos. I know they haven't had the quarterback go down, but the idea that they're stuttering offence... Uh, I thought Simeon had a much better game on, on Monday night than he'd had in, in the last three or four, but the idea that Denver might go out and trade for one of the two, those two guys mm. in order to really put together a Super Bowl run, go for back-to-back wins. Um, I thought it was fascinating. It's been poo-pooed by most in the media, but... Well, of course, because... Cutler... I, I don't see why... If I'm the Bears, I'm either looking to... I'm looking at a way to get rid of him, and if I can get a decent draft pick for him, then why not? Elway wouldn't bring Cutler back to to Denver. That wouldn't happen. Tony Romo isn't fit. We don't know what he's going to be like. Do you not like. think so? It's a different organisation to what it was no, when I don't think was there so. before. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that ship has sailed. I don't think... Cutler hasn't proved to anyone that he's any good. Ever. But everyone still wants to call him a franchise quarterback and he what? has got a half-decent arm. I don't want to call him a franchise quarterback. We don't know what his arm's like. But guess what? Brock Osweiler's got a half-decent arm and he threw for what, two, 3.2 yards per completion this week. Guess who's the smug guy? <laughs> That's me. I don't think I've... Do we have any smug music? I don't think we do. I'm just Tight spiral balls? Tight spiral balls, you. Um, yeah, the... What would smug music be? Uh, we, I've got that Houston-Denver game down as one to talk to for this week. Let's just mention, because really it's not the game in general we want to talk about. It is the fact that Brock Osweiler was truly awful. Uh, through 41 passes, only managed to go a little over, what, 131 yards, I think it was, yeah. through the air. Of 20-odd completions. All in all, pretty much a dreadful, dreadful performances. It was dire. I yeah. mean, dire. I didn't think... I mean, I'm, I'm the first to jump on uh, a quarterback that I dislike. Not because of who he is, but because of, of, of how bad I think he is. And I'm one to back up my own uh, point whenever I can. I didn't think the fu- what was ruled a fumble and then the recovery, uh, which they didn't allow to go for a touchdown... Um, I didn't think that was a fumble. I thought that was a forward pass. So I think the refs botched that. But it was dreadful either way. But either way, the whole thing was unedifying. It was dreadful from the Texans. $40 million over the next two years that they've got to... I mean, that's incredible. That is incredible. They're stuffed. I don't think he's any... I don't think... How long has he been with the organisation now through practice and then through pre-season? We're talking six months. You've got to have learnt something in six months. He's regressed. He's rubbish. Gone. Yeah. Done. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, he does not see out the season. 
Oh, I think he. I mean, I think he does. I think that's nonsense. But uh, I'd beer bet you it. Uh, wh- what's the beer bet? That he's not on the team or not starting? Not starting. Well, you suggested they were going to cut ties with him and get rid of him. No, I haven't. I said he's not going to see out the season. Your rhetoric was that that they should get rid because they, he's, well, they should get rid of him as the starting quarterback. They should Colin Kaepernick him, pay him loads of money, and then put him immediately on the bench. Look, exactly. Here was my thing with him going into the year. I thought the money was over-talked about because, yes, he was greedy and going for the money there instead of staying in Denver for only a small amount of money. But actually, when you look at him in the overall ranks of pay, quarterback pay in the league, I think he's about 18th or 19th. When he was paid, and actually he's then dropped further back than that because a couple of other guys have got new contracts. So I said going into the season, do I think he can perform as the 20th best quarterback in the league? I absolutely thought he had that ability in him, and so I didn't think he was particularly overpaid. However, <laughs> he has since shown that he is maybe the worst starting quarterback in the league that doesn't play in San Francisco. And he's the lowest ranked quarterback in the league uh, by Pro Football Focus alongside Blaine Gabbert. Wow. That means that the four quarterbacks in, and then five, including Terrell Pryor, that the Browns have had have all been better. And they have been. And That's they, amazing. That that tells you everything. The Browns have got a lot of, you know, hope in their 0-7 record. They're, like they've, kept, they've played James Harden. They've not looked like a terrible team. I've really got to stop eating while we're doing this. Yeah, otherwise. you really should. <laughs> that, that was a bad move. You should have been eating whilst you were ranting at Matthew Sherry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, you couldn't even talk to me. For the third consecutive year, New England have traded for linebacker depth in advance of the trade deadline. They picked up Kyle Van Noy from the Detroit Lions. Player I really liked coming out. The Pates rece- Patriots receive... Pa- what? I got them the Pates, then the Patriots. What is going on? The Patriots will... <laughs> will receive a seventh round pick and give a sixth round pick back. So they've basically done it for an exchange of late draft picks. I really, yeah, I really, really like Kyle Van Noy. He got really uh, badly injured early on. And considering the Lions uh, have been thin at that position this year when they've had injuries, it's surprising to me they're willing to give somebody up. You remember the Akeem Ayers trade, trade last year uh, uh, for ahead of the Super Bowl uh, two years ago and how well that worked out. It's just another one of these occasions. They've also... It's just another one of these occasions where the Patriots are going to go and get somebody else's reclaimed rubbish and turn them into a half-decent player. Yeah. And I'm annoyed because <laughs> they keep doing it. Well, they, they do keep doing it. It's weird um, that AJ Darby went to the Broncos because it seems like they've got loads of tight ends. What, the Broncos? Yeah. Yeah, but then the Patriots have got Bennett and Gronk both on well, multiple no, no, I mean, deals. It's weird that the Broncos said that we want that as part of the deal rather than having a look That's at... That's a different deal. The Lions are where they got the linebacker from. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I I got confused. I got confused. But yeah, you're right. You're right. It's all right. I understand. I I did get excitable. But even so, the Broncos trading for a tight end is somewhat of a surprise. Yeah. Um, It's not where the the strength of their offense has been. But I don't know AJ Darby particularly well. I don't think anyone does. He's a decent blocking tight end. Their run game really got going on Monday night. I enjoyed watching CJ Anson. I enjoyed watching uh, Devontae Booker, who looked very good. So I don't have a big problem. Let um, me talk to you. We're talking about the Lions there. Let me just uh, throw some some stuff at you about the Lions. Then no, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, get rid of it. <laughs> Go on. You can't have it because they've won three on the bounce. Matt Stafford, get this. He's had 15 touchdowns with four interceptions this year. That's unbelievable. It's been one year since Jim Bob Cooter revolution. Yeah, I, I mean... You're 35 not- touchdowns, eight 
interceptions. You're talking to the one man who has spent the last four years we've been doing this show saying that Matt Stafford has the potential to be a, be a good quarterback. The one man? I got lambasted by those that mainsy fella for saying that I would rather have Matt Stafford than Jay Cutler in a, in a, in a crunch. Yeah, which I still agree with. Well, why? That's, that's preposterous. I agree with you. Oh, right. Sorry. I know it's generally preposterous when I agree with you. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. I am. But general, generally, I have been lambasted for uh, Matt Stafford, much like Blake Bortles do. I need to get off that bandwagon. Uh, I've been regularly. The <laughs> <laughs> bandwagon is off the side of the cliff. It's off the I'm, side of the cliff. And I'm hanging on by, uh, by three fingers to the rocket, rock face because. Blake! <laughs> please! Blake! Just, just throw a pass to one of the Allens, please! <laughs> um. Yeah, the uh, I, Matt Stafford, I used to get in a lot of trouble uh, and get him, he was another one who was called my boyfriend because I like him a lot and I think now that they spread the ball around a lot more I, I, I thought the uh, I thought that Washington uh, who obviously coming to London this weekend were very unlucky against the Lions this weekend because I thought they were the better side for a, a chunk of the game mm. but that offence is good they got cooded and they, I'm fine with that They got Jimmy bobbed um, I enjoyed this story this week just because it was funny to me and it means I can do this Ah, oh, I turned off the sound. Why did I do that? Oh, I put the wrong channel up, but that's why. Oh, 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 yeah, uh, Ryan Fitzmagic uh, is not happy that he's getting back into the side, much like Jay Cutler. He's getting back into the side now after an injury to another player, not because he's getting back into the side. Todd Bowles has come out and said, I'm fine with Fitz playing pissed if it stops his interceptions. More, like, head coach, quarterback in the media beef. And it also was funny to me because, as a British man, when I first saw that headline, I'm like, is, is he got an alcohol problem? Has oh, he, yeah. he been drinking? Yeah. What? And then I put my American hat back on again. Uh, that, that was just a funny story to me. And, uh, oh, Derek Newton, did you see that on Monday night? I don't like seeing these things, so I haven't oh. seen it. I really um, don't like it. I know, he, is it two torn patellas He's each? torn both of his patellas. He had to get carried oh, off. You know man. those inflatable leg um, uh, braces, the ones that, like, so they keep it firmly in place. He had to walk, go off wearing two of those. Uh, it was not a pretty sight. Yeah, I don't like I don't like that. B- bad luck. Should we talk Twickers? Let's talk some some Twickers. Some Rugby HQ. <laughs> some, what, what other horrendous things can we call Headqu- it? Headquarters. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> Should we talk headquarters? I, uh, I did the NFL, uh, the, the rugby show on TalkSport 2 after the game. Whilst you were off getting audio, I stayed and had a chat with Russell Hargreaves on the old uh, line. And, um, yeah, I, I, he, 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 basically, he clearly wasn't happy that... The, a different sport. It's the first time that a sport's been played there in 107 years other than rugby. And uh, it's clear that the rugby fraternity think this is a disgrace. These Americans coming over here, ruining our turf, coming to our stadium, blah. Um, Do you know what? That is absolutely ludicrous. I spoke to stewards. I spoke to people that work there. They were loving it. I, you know, I, I, it's been interesting to see the response since. And... I was going to go on a bit of a rant about this, but I think now that it's Wednesday, I've calmed down a little bit. There's a great thread on the NFL UK fan page book on Facebook, the ones run by Gary Jordan and those guys. Really, really good page. Worth signing up to. Good uh, good level of debate going on on there. But um, the, the overall impression has been... I'm going to get some trouble for this, but there have been two schools of thoughts. There have been the people who thought better atmosphere... Better stadium for watching a sport like that. The area outside was better designed for 
uh, for tailgating, for all that sort of stuff. I, and I agree with all of those things. And then there were some teething problems beyond that. There was the queuing to get into the tailgate and the queuing to get into the stadium wasn't well organised. There was an issue with apparently you can't get hot drinks on the top tier, which really annoyed some people. But I don't maybe that's the rule in general at Twickenham. But you couldn't get like... There were some problems with queuing at some of the stands and there weren't TVs at the stands. You'd be watching the game at the same time and stuff like that. Now, the people who had that were going, I'd never go back to Twickenham. All of this stuff was a complete mess. I hated it. But And the seat size was another issue. But I think, firstly, the seat size, that is a kind of a compromise for the better atmosphere because it's a stadium which has been built up over the years, extra tiers added to it. That means it's got a higher rake. It feels closer to the pitch and, that, and then it has those overhangs and that's what creates that extra atmosphere. Sadly, that means that a slight bit of comfort is forgiven. But so what? Stop eating your prawn sandwiches, stop worrying about your padded seats and enjoy a much better atmosphere for a game of football. And then the stuff about the queuing, right? I get it. That's frustrating. We all knew what the travel situation was going to be, which is why it was so great they showed Red Zone afterwards. It was a shame it had to finish at like 8.30 or whatever it was due to local licensing issues. But you can't do that at Wembley because Wembley Arena to consider. If they've got an event there, Mm. it's going to be spilling out. And if you're going to stop them from putting an event there, the NFL UK have to pay them to basically have an empty arena there you know, think about how much money they make off an event that's absolutely nuts that they do that so it's got that addition to it so you could have avoided we left uh, at what about seven thirty, quarter to 8 yeah and we were straight back into London no problem whatsoever we got on the first train that was there we were at Clapham Junction within 10-15 minutes not a problem and we went home from there if you wanted to go straight into London you'd been on the train another 10 minutes and then you're walkable from somewhere like Leicester Square yeah, or on a tube to somewhere great like say Bloomsbury Lanes to come to an after party I, yeah, and then someone said, well, I went to the train station straight away and I queued for ages and that meant I missed more of the games. I thought, well, go and watch. You're going to miss some of the games anyway. So go and watch 90 minutes of the games in the tailgate and then it takes you 40 minutes to get into the town. Or queue and then wait and then get into town and miss 90 minutes of the game and then catch all of the, all the second half. Like, it seems crazy And then to me. write on your website and be all pissy about it. Look, for these people that were moaning about Things like comfort, you are right. Wembley is fantastic seating for leg room. Not that I have to worry about that. But <laughs> people have spoiled, spoiled. Twickenham is an old stadium. It's a different stadium. It's more like watching... It, do you know what Twickenham's like? It's like watching... Um, it's like going to the NF. It's got, like going to America and watching it's much, a game in America. It's much more like an American stadium. Yeah. That's it's what I was more authentic. Say. And the people, the Americans that I was working with on the day, they said exactly the same thing. And I'll tell you what was really funny to me as well is that uh, the idea somebody t- somebody put a message in there going Wembley just feels more special to me, and I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. If it was old Wembley, fine. New Wembley, there has never really been a truly great moment at New Wembley. The NFL is probably the best thing that's happened there beyond maybe the Champions League final that happened there. That was pretty amazing. But we've never had something like a World Cup. We've never had a major international tournament there. Twickenham has held World Cup finals. It's seen England victories at the highest level. It's seen, you know, it's got a real Will Gavin, history to it. Well, Gavin, I don't agree with you often. Here's, here's... I, I, that, <laughs> what you've just said then, Wembley hasn't had a great moment, is an absolutely 
insightful and brilliant thing to say. Springsteen's performances there two years ago were the biggest highlight I've seen at All Wembley. Right, mate, you in you, you're starting trips. to let yourself down. So, <laughs> right, but the, the kind of final thing I'd say about it is the stuff about the queuing and stuff like that. Those are all teething issues that they can deal with, that can be fixed. Um, it wasn't perfect at Wembley first time around. I've, I've got to tell you, one year at Wembley, they ran out of beer. Didn't run out of beer at uh, the NFL. Neither neither of Twickenham. these stadiums have ever held an event like this where it's that long with the constant sport, with the fact that people get out, up and out of their seats on a regular basis because of the nature of timeouts and everything else. So they might go down to the country at any time. There are teething issues which can be sorted. Now, what is looking more and more likely that's going to happen, because we've got Spurs in two years' time should be opening, is it's looking increasingly like it's going to be two games at Twickenham next year, so they fulfil their three games they can have. And then in 2018, the flexibility that gives them is they can go, right, we only want four games, two at Wembley, two at uh, at Spurs. If the Spurs thing falls through, there is an extension deal for two more games at Twickenham they can put in place. They can do two at Twickenham, two at Wembley. So it means that they're under no pressure to extend to five in 2018, which they would be if they only did one Twickenham game next year. Mm. They'd be the two at Spurs, two at Wembley, which are all guaranteed, plus a Twickenham game. So, do you know what? We're going to see two games there next year, and I'm thoroughly looking forward to going back. I am going to try and remember to take some gloves this time, though, because (laughs) the little media gantry which sticks out in the middle stand was freezing. Thermals. (laughs) Hashtag... Uh, uh, first world problems. <laughs> Thermal. I'm taking thermals yeah, and gloves. A and a ha- I didn't take a hat. Um, in fact, I'm a bit paranoid about going to Wembley next week. I'm taking all of those as well. Rich tweets us saying, no Mexican wave at Twickenham despite a punt fest. 11 straight punts at one point. Any other UK fans, behaviours or traits you want shot of? I, very quickly... The Mexican wave is the one thing to me, and I was delighted there was no Mexican wave. On, I did uh, hear Swing Low Sweet Chariot a couple of times. I did as well. I would have liked to have heard it in more full voice, because I, I liked it was pretty it. cool. I liked it. What would I like to get rid of? The cheering of some of, a, of some kicks and stuff like that. I think, though, but if you listen to Eli Manning talking in his press conference afterwards, he did say, like, he's uh, what he said last week was that his first impression in 2007 was how passionate people were, but they were cheering at odd times. They weren't really sure about it. And he said in his press conference afterwards that actually the different, the biggest difference between the two events was the atmosphere and the fact that teams, fans knew when to get loud, knew when to be quiet. And actually, what I thought was quite interesting is the fact that before the Landon Collins ridiculously nuts interception return... Like- That's, if that had been at Wembley... That would have been the best thing to have ever happened at Wembley. <laughs> and I, I tweeted out something like, Martin Johnson must be absolutely uh, embarrassed to see this level of t- tackling at Twickenham. because <laughs> Well, and also bull hogging. Really should have lateraled it. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the feed? Um, I, I just, I thought that before that point, Yes, it was a more Giants partisan crowd, but the Giants fans had been silenced by the early touchdown and the early turnover. And I thought the the the, the, the kind of the bipartisans, the people who were there as neutrals, because the Rams were looking so good on defense before Case Keenum threw that pick. Well, all right, before Taven Austin tipped that ball up into the air to be caught. Let's be fairer to him. Um, I yeah, thought the ball was slightly behind him. The and neutrals were. Certainly in the area I was in, we're getting right behind the Rams and we're getting loud at the right points and everything else. But once the game turned, the pure number of Giants fans really made force. I'm really interested to see this week because it's a Cincinnati home game. I, I know that Washington have got a bigger fan base here than some other teams and probably bigger than the Bengals. 
but I don't think it's significantly bigger. So I'm really intrigued to see this weekend how the crowd pans out. Because I think these are two teams who, they both sit in that glut of kind of 20 teams, right smack bang in the middle of the NFL, who could all beat each other on any week. Who yeah. all look like, uh, I'm uh, disappointed the Bengals have fallen down to that level. After all, I am very much still on the bandwagon. They're going to go 4-4 four and four this weekend. Early prediction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why did you why did you hashtag an early prediction I don't know that's one of the weirdest things that you've done uh, yeah all in all uh, it was weird <laughs> <laughs> I apologise for my behaviour um, uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this now completely lost my train of thought what the, the, the but I'm interested to see how the, the crowd people goes crowd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, should we hear from uh, everyone knows which oh, Giants 17 Rams 10 uh, do you want me to do a, a recap of the game? I could do my minute-long recap I did on radio. I think I've still got the uh, <laughs> my scripting for it. No, just get, get on with it, mate. <laughs> get on with it! Um, so let's hear from a few of the people involved. Uh, starting off with Ollie, who afterwards caught up with the man who scored the winning touchdown in the first ever NFL game to be played at the home of rugby. It's Rashad Jennings. So I'm here with uh, Rashad Jennings, uh, running back for the New York Giants. Touchdown in a foreign country. How does it feel, man? Ah, that's that's an amazing feeling. Um, you know, that's something I'll be able to tell my kids one day. You know, it's eight year in the, eight, this is my eighth year in the league. I've never played here in London. I've always looked forward to the trip and uh, being able to make it and and have have an opportunity to get in the end zone at Twickenham Stadium. It's it's something that uh, I'll be able to tell my kids one day. So you've had three games off out injured how frustrating was that and uh, how pleased are you to be back playing now it's really it's really it's, fu- it's fu- very frustrating uh, being injured and not being not being able to contribute to the team you know we had lost a few games and you know coming back uh, still trying to battle through the injury and uh, Lord thank God I, I didn't have any setbacks and you know now I'm truly be able to get healthy um, and come back a full, full stride like a starter. So um, it's, it feels good to be back. So you've got a week off, uh, so that's that's only going to help your rehab as well. Um, how far do you think this team can go? Four and three now. It was crucial not to go down three and four, huh? Oh yeah. Now we're above 500 going into the bye week, which is significant. Uh, get everybody healthy, and then we we have we're right into it again with Philly, right in back in our division. So. You know, that's, that's, that's a good way to gain momentum. You know, we're doing everything we can to um, put ourselves in a position to be successful. Um, now we just got to take care of our details, get everybody back healthy, and, you know, continue to, to grind like the Giants do. Uh, you're a veteran of eight eight years. Maybe that's why you got the goal line carry, but talk to me about uh, Paul Perkins and Orlean Starker. Um, they're both very exciting young players, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, those those are two of my two of my young lads, <laughs> I like to say, is... Uh, Guys, it's kind of kind of my understudy, and I'm able to teach them so much, and you know, teach them how to see defenses, how to see the pass protection, um, you know, how to how to fit in in certain gaps, and watching them grow um, is is tremendous. Both of them have a special, unique talent that they can implement inside of this offensive system. Um, both of them are going to play a game the game a long time, and I'm kind of happy to to, to to be their mentor um, while I can. What's it like to be playing with? Eli Manning, uh, future Hall of Famer, surely. Whoa, <laughs> uh, future Hall of Famer. How calm is he out on that field? He he never blinks. He's the most poised person I've ever been around. Um, 
from from expression to the way he he commands and the way he leads um, and the way he throws the ball. He never he never hesitates. He never blames. He never gets never blames anybody. Um, he just keeps chopping at it. You know, and he believes in the system. He believes in his teammates. He believes in himself, and it's contagious. Uh, seven years with uh, Coach Coughlin, a new coach now, and Coach McAdoo. What are the differences between the two? Um, you know, I, I find some similarities, um, a lot of similarities. But um, when you ask what's different, I think that uh, I think Coach McAdoo. You know, one you can't replace Coach Coughlin. He's a of course, Hall of, of course. Famer. Um, but the thing that McAdoo, um, he, he's 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 into the details of everything. You know, he's a militant. He knows how to command a room, which is one of the headliners to be a successful head coach. When you're in a room with grown men that have families, um, and you you're able, to, your voice is able to carry, and everybody responds and respects you. You know, you got a chance to be a really good coach, and uh, that's something. So is this, uh, I presume it's going to be a fun plane ride home and uh, a bit of a party on the plane, right? Yeah, it's, we're going to have fun. It's, uh, it's going to be a long flight, but it, it's, it's, going to be a, it's going to be team bonding. We got the victory. We're going into a bye week. There's a lot of things to be excited about. A lot more football ahead of us. So um, it's an honor to come here to London and find a win. Uh, and fi- yeah, finally, actually, I must ask, I'm, I'm British, I must ask about uh, the, the crowd and how, how you thought the stadium was and what was the turf like. Just your overall impressions of of being of playing here in Twickenham home of rugby yeah loved it um you know it's that <laughs> we, we was able to we came here earlier to get on to kind of surface the area a little bit and get our feet on the on the grass and get accustomed to it um so that was fun the, the, the crowd was amazing um loud there were more giants in there right yeah it was more giants fans that's right that's supposed to be um but uh it, it was definitely was an honor to come here you know one i've never been out the country and uh so you know just taking in the culture and, and having an opportunity to speak to locals and they're telling me that i have the accent you know i'm used to always yeah you do you see it's funny <laughs> I, I can't i'm not used to being that person you know what i mean so um it was an honor um a lot of, a lot of history that i was able to to soak in um and then also just playing in front of the fans and you know, just being here, you know, and actually being able to stamp my passport for the first time meant a lot. And then to do that um, and win, actually score, uh, like it's, it's something that's memorable for me. I'm disappointed there wasn't a rugby lateral in the in the entire game. It's an absolute disgrace. Yeah, we should have we, we, we game planned something up. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, good luck for the rest of the season. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, man. Yes, Why did you do it like that? I don't know. I just went into Mike Powers pops. <laughs> it was really weird. <laughs> um, uh, Rashad Jennings there speaking with Ollie Hunter. Uh, anything? Any takeaways, particularly from that conversation? He was he was wonderful. I'm sorry. I thought he was good fun. <laughs> Did you speak to him? No, I just listened to you speak. To oh, him. I just I had work to do. <laughs> okay, so Not he was really was engaging. Well. All of these um, NFL players are, are really engaging, but he made you. He looked into my eyes, Will Gavin. Oh my God, this is going to get super, super homoerotic right now. <laughs> no, isn't it? but uh, he was, um, he was very sharp. He's actually really humble. Um, I, I really, really liked him. But the main thing was when I asked him about the difference between Coach Coughlin and Coach McAdoo, um, his answer to that was was fascinating. How McAdoo 
commands a room and commands attention and commands respect. Okay, maybe he didn't when he was doing those uh, pre-game press conferences where all he got were Josh Brown questions. But <laughs> for the for the players, they've really bought into into McAdoo. So that was the, my main takeaway. Look, I think the Giants are in a, in a decent position still. I th- I, uh, overall, let's talk about the Rams, though, because first of all, let's hear from Jeff Fisher in his press conference afterwards, who was, let's say, pretty surly. Uh, the quarterback's not the reason, by the way, that we lost three games. So, um, you know, I'm staying with Case. Jared's going to play when we feel Jared's ready, you know? And uh, I know you would, had we won this game, you wouldn't have been asking about Jared, okay? Which I understand, okay? But... You know, this, we didn't lose this game because the quarterback played today, okay? We lost it some other positions. And Brian didn't get the audible. You think he breaks that pass up. Kenny Britt stopped on the post. Didn't think he was primary. Stopped on the post. We got a touchdown pass, you know? I'll make changes at receiver before I make changes at the quarterback. Wow, Jeff Fisher. And the reason I particularly wow that is because uh, I, I was kind of the way in which he called out the uh, – the wide receivers. He, he said, I'm not blaming Case. We're sticking with Case. And it, it, the fact that he said, like, Is that Brian, he hasn't Quick, got Brian Quick didn't get his head around to turn. There was another one where um, Kenny Britt stopped at the post instead of running the deep route and they would have scored a touchdown. Uh, I know there were the tips as well, which is difficult, but... Case Keenum led two very good-looking drives towards the end of the game and then had the ball picked off in horrible situations in both of them. Either of those drives gets completed, we see the first ever overtime game in the UK because the Giants hadn't particularly got anything going offensively. I thought it was one of the best Rams defensive performances of this season beyond the Seattle game. Um, I I think it's the best that defence has looked and overall I I was kind of disappointed they came away with nothing and I thought felt gutted for the guys on the defensive side of the ball. They didn't. Uh, Roger Saffold was speaking with the guys at Real Sports afterwards. Sadly, the the audio is a little untidy, so we're not going to use it, but basically called out the offensive coordinator, for not running the ball when clearly it was working. Todd Gurley had a few good runs in the second half and they kept going away from the run and back to the pass. And Saffold was clearly frustrated with that. Um, So overall, I think think the Rams, I I hear what he's saying, but I don't believe it. I think we're going to see some... That is seven and nine bullshit. And under centre, week nine against the Panthers, I think we're going to see some Jared Goff action. Maybe not starting, but if Case Keenum looks bad at any point during that game, he's going to be on the shortest leash ever. Yank him, get Goff in there. i I got to agree with you. Got to agree with you again. Uh, I was working on US radio and uh, the colour commentator, Derek Rackley, used to play for the Falcons and the, and, uh, the Seahawks. He noticed, especially with some of um, the deep throws from Case Keenum, the ball isn't going through the air. It's starting to hold up. There was a play, the play before he got um, he got picked off by Rogers Cremati in the end zone uh, where Tavon Austin missed his route. It was exactly the same type of throw, a real floaty throw. throw. And uh, Brian Quick couldn't, he, he was expecting to, the ball to come down in a different place from the trajectory of the throw, but it held up in the air. And this is something that Rackley had noticed from the week before and the week before that. I think that's a worrying trait for an NFL quarterback. So it wouldn't surprise me that a guy like Jaron Goff, who can sling the ball, even if it means that they uh, reduce their, some of their passing plays to get Goff in, I think that could happen. I'm, I 
think also that defenses are starting to spot this and starting to stand off of Case Keenum because of those because of those types of throws. If a guy that works on on radio for Westwood One can spot it, surely defensive yeah, coordinators and, and, can. Uh, yeah, and I think Jared Goff, for all the things he doesn't necessarily do brilliantly, the one thing he did do at Cal was he had to get very used to in that in that in that scheme was getting the ball into very tight windows getting it out and released quickly and and I think given some practice and given some time in the NFL he could be good at that there's nothing we've seen to suggest he's going to be yet but um should we talk about there's just a couple of games I want to I want to touch on from week seven before we move on and one of them I just can't not play a bit of this The San Diego Chargers come back and in overtime beat the Atlanta Falcons 33-30. Don't count Mike McCoy's boys out of the AFC West. We could have seen a situation this weekend where if the uh, if, if the Broncos had uh, had not beat the Texans at home, okay, that's less realistic. But the Raiders and Broncos lead that division at five and two each. But the Chargers back at three and four, uh, winning a few on the bounce, and then the Chiefs at four and two. This is a really intriguing division again. And overall, this weekend we've got. You look at the results for both these teams. This weekend we have got two blinders in the late evening games 805 and 825 kickoffs both of them are going to be displayed on giant screens at our party at Bloomsbury Lanes you've got Packers at Falcons after Falcons have lost a couple on the bounce and then you've got Chargers Broncos which if the Chargers win that go back to four and four pull the Broncos back a game start taking them very very seriously as a wild card option um the, uh, the the kind of players in particular that caught the eye yet again, Joey Bosa, uh, looking just like an absolute freight train in the first few weeks of the season. Uh, he's got to be up there as uh, alongside Jalen Ramsey for defensive rookie of the year. Whoa, whoa, contention! When we did our pre uh, po- our pre season awards. awards show, I got ridiculed and derised for saying Joey Bosa could and be. Do you know what? You didn't deserve that. Are they saying that Keanu Neal has been superb That's for the true. Falcons as well? So there's another name to throw into the mix of that. The Falcons still look just like they have all season. Defensively, not too great defensively. Uh, they got a bit of pass rush going in this, but I, I just—it was a great. This was the game of the season so far for me. I really, really enjoyed it, um, and I'm thoroughly looking forward to seeing both of these teams in action at Bloomsbury this weekend. Let let me reel off a few things for you: Chiefs, Colts. Saints, Raiders. What do they all have in common? Uh, winning? Uh, no, Chiefs can't. No, they don't have winning records. Um, they have conceded more points than they've scored this year. They no, have. They all uh, came from behind in the fourth quarter, or in one case, it's actually the third quarter oh, to, to, beat to beat the Chargers. The Chargers. Yeah. The Chargers, if they were slightly better coached or they could see out a game... Don't make it about coaching. There was a lot of fumbling. I love Mike McCoy. If there's a lot of fumbling, the Chargers... Okay, chaos theory. They might not have won the, the next game or beaten the, the Broncos or the Falcons. The Chargers are a good team. I've said it. I think they're the best 3-4 and four team in the NFL... I believe in the Chargers. Let's talk quickly about Seattle, Arizona, because this was the late game. Six apiece, one very <laughs> much for the purists. Our first tie in four years. David Johnson still had a pretty decent game, but we saw two missed kicks in overtime. That's right. <laughs> 
watch. Uh, two missed kicks in overtime. And actually, do you know what? I I sent a message when I saw the outcome of this game and saw the quote unquote highlights. I was like, this is just the worst. The, the, uh, by the, the way, guys, the late games this year have been dreadful. Actually, I watched this game back. It was brilliant. I know it was only six points apiece and we'd like to have seen more from these two teams, but it was constantly defensive, hard banging, trying to run up front in the trenches, just old fashioned good football. I really liked it. By the way, guys, when he did quote unquote, Billy Big Bollocks, Actually did the air quotes. Yes, I did. Yes, he did. Why uh, wouldn't I? Well, you, you should. And um, that's the kind of guy you are now. Um, uh, there was just a quick mention for that one. I, I made The only note I didn't mention from the Houston-Denver game, just to come back to this, was there was a point in the second half. I, I came down and I watched it, it that live the second half that morning because I had to do some stuff for TalkSport. And um, I... There was, there was a point where they got a turnover. They forced a turnover when the, the, the Texans were, I think it was 14-9, and looking like they were going to pull back into it. And they forced the turnover. They got the run going. Play action got the big play down to uh, the receiver. And then they punched the ball in from two yards out with their fullback. And I just tweeted going, that was proper football. <laughs> yeah, you did. That, actually, that yeah. is how football yeah. should be played. You f- force the turnover with your defence, you've got the run going, it's helped your play action, that helps your big plays. Like, if anyone wants to see how just good, by the numbers, proper X's and O football should be played, that was a great example. So I just wanted to give Denver some love for that. It's like scoring a boundary in cricket and then the very next ball, get off the mark, little single, that's how it's Beaut. done. Butte. Uh, Eagles-Vikings, 21 21- 10 to the Eagles. Whoa. The Vikings are the only undefeated team in the NFL. No longer undefeated. Uh, and some cracks starting to show in Minnesota. Yeah, the O-line is not looking good. I, uh, question for you. You've gone out and you've spent all this money on Sam Bradford. Not money, but picks. You know what I mean? All this uh, collateral. There are two teams in the NFL right now who are... Two of the worst three teams in the NFL, and actually with the way the Dolphins turning around, they're back to probably being the bottom two, who both have a pro bowl, even all pro level left tackle, and would probably consider trading them for like a second or third round pick. If you could go and get Joe Staley or Joe Thomas from the 49ers or Browns for, say, a a number two, they're both 30, 31 years old, so probably got four or five years left in the tank, would you do it? If I'm which If you're team? the Vikings. If you're the Vikings and you know that you've invested so much in the quarterback, you've lost so much on your offensive line to injury, you've got this chance to go out and get a, an all-pro level guy like Joe Thomas, like Joe Staley, would you do it? I think you would have to package it or get another player, which would be a, a, a very good running back. Those are the only two things that are missing on the Vikings at the moment. But I, but I think if you get a decent O-line, I actually think uh, the one-two punch of Asiata and McKinnon were looking decent two weeks ago, and then the O-line started to fall to pieces with injury. I think that if you get that guy, and I, I think you do it, I think you go and you spend that second-round pick and you get them in. Because a second-round draft pick, if you pick a guy up and they give you three, four years of good production, you're happy with it. You've got a guaranteed talent coming in. Even if you get two good years out of them, but they give you a deep playoff run this year, which I think they would. That's the kind of player that makes the difference. I make that trade in a heartbeat. I tell you what. I don't even think about and it. And you're right. You are right because... <laughs> I where, like it when you say that. Where are they, they the next... Where's the Super Bowl next year? Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh. So, having a guy come in now, if you make the Super Bowl this year, that's great, but then he's 
certainly entrenched part of the team for the real Super Bowl push when you've got hopefully Teddy Bridgewater back you know perhaps uh, a, a new running back come through for, through the draft or picked up on as, as a free agent you make that trade now you make it now especially when those teams are desperate anyway they they their seasons are gone um they're not fighting for anything do it now yeah you're right will yeah uh, I am. why are you so right love this. this week i'm enjoying this uh <laughs> a couple of tweets that we uh to cover quickly uh dutz has tweeted us saying based on the form of brock what's the most expensive purchase you've ever made and almost instantly regretted um i bought i did buy a um a justin smith jersey for this season the the black one thinking that he was definitely going to be back and then he retired that was uh i still i still don't mind because it's a lovely jersey and i love justin smith but that was you know i i was too preemptive in that strike i once bought a pair of shoes that were looked like red bowling shoes and I instantly regretted it. <laughs> Please wear them on Sunday. No, 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 I don't have them. It was when I was younger. <laughs> when I was young, I didn't need... Oh, sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> I, I just was letting you go. Yeah, no, I see how why, far you went. Why do you let me? <laughs> um, uh, oh, sorry, someone's just tweeted saying that the uh, tweet that I read out from them last week, I did call Tom Knight's tweet the, the angriest tweet I've ever read. And it is true, it was. Few other people, uh, few other people getting in touch. Is Jay Train the real deal, or is he just having a few temporary good weeks? I think his performance against the the Bills made me really believe. His knee injuries have been his problem, not his quality. The quality has always been there. I believe. I believe. Uh, we've got so this weekend. Just quickly mentioned. So the the Bengals beat the Browns this week, thirty one seventeen. Pulled back to three and four. Few big plays for AJ Green. That's what they needed. Tyler Eifert was back. Didn't do a lot, but I think similar to Gronkowski, it'll be that you'll see him get back into the lineup and slowly up his snap count, up his work rate. It's going to be a gradual comeback, and I do think that Tyler Eifert being back is big for them. If we can see Tyler Eifert and Jordan Reed this week, what a great battle of tight ends that is going to be. Well, it's the second and third best tight ends of the league. Oh, hot take. Hashtag. Um, and then Washington, uh, we've mentioned that Detroit game already. So they're both coming to London this coming weekend. Now, later on today, I'm going to be speaking with Washington inside linebacker Will Compton, uh, one of my favourite breakout players from about the last 12 months or so. Uh, undrafted, I think, in 2013. I'll do some research before I do the interview. But um, he broke his way into the lineup with injuries last year. He leads the team on tackles this year. Um, and has been really impressive to me in the middle of that defence and, and kind of guy that strike who is a possible future kind of defensive captain, that kind of level. So we're going to be talking with him later this afternoon. We'll have that later in the week and we'll be doing going along to Bengals practice on Friday, getting a few interviews from there, all of that sort of stuff as well. Um, Paul has asked us, given Matt Jones is coming to London, what's the most costly thing you have ever dropped? The most costly thing I've ever dropped. <laughs> I have, I've dropped, in fact, this nearly happened again yesterday. Uh, yesterday, Sarah, we were walking along outside the cinema after we'd just been to see Doctor Strange. And she, I was holding my phone in my left hand and she went to hold my hand, but I wasn't really gripping my phone. <laughs> and she, it's like, she slapped my hand and it came out of my hand and I managed to do like a a kind of up in the air and then re-grab like that Bortles throw at Wembley a couple of <laughs> yeah. weeks ago but on two separate occasions in the last year and a half I have dropped my phone on the floor and it's cost me like a hundred pounds to get the screen pit fixed 
both times. So that wasn't great. I once went to someone's house, like an old person's house, like a relative. I don't remember how I'm related to them. <laughs> um, it was kind of one of those a parent's second cousin's mum or something. And I I dropped a vase Ooh. in their house, but I didn't tell them. It's not good news. Yeah, I didn't tell them. Strong work. Yeah, oh. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to be listening now uh, before we get on and look to Thursday night there's a few more tweets to get to as well just one more plug for the party come down this Sunday get to Bloomsbury Brawl Lanes £10 you get a free beer free magazine as well you get to witness Billy Big Bollocks in full flow one of the guys who is going to be there is Ben Mortimer from Touchdown Trips and I caught up with him earlier uh, because they're going to have some exciting things to, uh, to give away this weekend uh, joining us on the line now from Touchdown Trips is Ben Mortimer Ben how are you today sir? I'm great, Will. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well, very well. Recovered from the hammering you received at the hands of the Jets this past weekend. Didn't take you long, did it? Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's not going great. I'll be honest. Uh, it was, you know, was it two weeks ago when I sort of prognosticated that we'd probably lose to the Giants, and I did actually pick against us again last week. Going into it's, it's just it's got a very familiar look to it. Um, the Ravens team this year is very similar to last year. There's injuries. There's a lack of confidence there's the ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory and uh you know it's it's it's, it's a pretty desperate situation the, the buys come at a good time but i'm not sure how much light there is the, the only hope we'll have is is um you know some some guys getting a bit healthy um and if, if we can get yander and stanley back on the offensive line it might give flacco a chance but even then joe's um really got to step up in his performances too so we'll we'll see i think harbour is is in the hot seat Oh really? Wow, that's mm. that's a hot hot take for the show. It's a hot take. It's, it's not. It has no foundation. It's just a hot take. <laughs> that's and that's what the entire basis of our popularity is, Ben. So don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it. Um, you. Uh, the reason we're chatting though is you're coming along to our uh, our shindig this weekend. Yeah, yeah. No, we can't wait for that. Uh, we are um, involved in a. Uh, sort of sponsoring type capacity where we'll be uh, we'll be there with a sort of big roll up showing our uh, our wares and uh, giving away a few uh, gift vouchers um, in a prize draw so that would give a few lucky winners uh, a couple of hundred quid off um, a trip to the states to go and see their favourite team so hopefully it'll be I, th- I mean I know it'll be a good turnout um, I think the tickets have been selling well and it should be a cracking event um, uh, you've been, you've been very it. you've been very blasé about that Ben you're giving away vouchers to our fans to potentially save money off a trip to the US that's no small thing well no it's not but um, you know it's it's uh, it's, it's something that everyone should experience, quite frankly. So uh, it's a great, uh, you know, it's a great way for us to sort of, you know, uh, incorporate people into uh, into our way of thinking of going out to to see a game. And uh, you know, we're just happy to be there. And you know, from a personal uh, point of view, it's just great to get out and watch some games on big screens and, and hopefully get some um, embarrassing bowling games in as well. Excellent. And what's particularly exciting as well for next season, particularly for New Orleans Saints fans, is that uh, it's going to be much easier to get to one of the very best cities to watch football in the world. And I'm sure that means that they will get a really good deal with touchdown trips as well. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, British Airways have just announced that they will be running direct services from Heathrow to New Orleans as of next March. So obviously for the 2017 season, that will help a lot of people get to, in my opinion, one of the top three cities to see an NFL game. Um, it's, you know, the Superdome as loud as it is anyway. It's a great place to see a game. Um, if you're an away fan, the way they're going at the moment, you've probably got a good chance of seeing a win. Sorry, Saints fans. And... Um, <laughs> 
and and the location of of the dome to sort of uh, the French Quarter and Bourbon Street and stuff like that. It just it can't be beaten. It, it's a great city um, to to see a game to get a pre and post game um, party atmosphere. And you know it's uh, it's it's a, it hosts the Super Bowl. I think um, a couple of teams played there a few years ago. Someone uh, in purple beat um, the Niners. Don't know what you're talking about. Um, mate. Yeah, so so it's yeah it's, it's, it, that that is the, the the single most exciting piece of of, of travel news I've had all week. <laughs> and look, exciting travel news is exciting. Don't you? you yeah. You're, you're again underselling yourself, Ben. Uh, look, if people want to come along, they, if they're coming along to the party, and lots of them are, you guys are going to be based just as you get inside the venue on on the right hand side. So plenty of people will be wandering by. They'll be able to see uh, what you guys are doing there, and and uh, be able to come up and just have a chat with you, and uh, uh, hopefully we can get some people going out and seeing some American football in the States. Absolutely, and uh, I look forward to talking to anyone that wants to come up and uh, and have a chat. And uh, yeah, it should be. Um, I'll be at Wembley in the day as well, but uh, looking forward to the evening especially. And uh, so that, I think they're showing the Bills Patriots on on Sky, so that should be a good game. Well, the plan is so just for anyone who is wondering about the games we're showing, we're going to show. We've got three big screens and then some smaller screens around by the bars and etc. Like that, where you can also see the games. So for the early kickoffs, we're going to show Red Zone to make sure people get the absolute maximum that they can. See but we'll also have Bills Patriots on at least one if not two of the giant screens as well so you'll have Red Zone with the sound on the big screen in the main room and the smaller screens and then Bills Patriots will also be available to people and then for the late games we're going to show Packers at Falcons on some of the big screens we're going to show the Broncos Chargers game on some of the other big screens because there's only two late kickoffs so we'll make sure we're showing both of those in full Uh, the Broncos fans UK are coming down the Green Bay Packers fans UK are coming down and have got a couple of private rooms books and uh, uh, you know, it's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. So uh, go down, chat to Ben, and get your travel for this season and for next season sorted because there is nothing better than seeing a game in America. Couldn't have said it better, Will. Brilliant stuff. Thank you very much, Ben. And uh, fingers crossed for the... It, it, hold on, when's the Ravens' bye week? Is that this weekend? This, this, weekend, this weekend. I thought so it get, was. So there you go, I'm, a weekend I'm really off for enjoy. you. I'm really going to enjoy this Sunday. <laughs> ben Mortimer, touchdown trips there. Make sure to go online and check them out. A um, couple of... Should we talk Thursday Night Football? It's the it won't annual, take long. It's the annual Jags-Titans Bowl <laughs> that we get every year on Thursday Night Football at some point in the year because the games on primetime haven't been rubbish enough this season already. Oh, yeah, glorious. Knowing our luck, because no one will be watching it, it will be 37-35. You mean like their primetime game last year where it was a ridiculously yeah. high-scoring game, late comeback, really uh, one of the real greats uh, yeah. last year. <laughs> the one so, of the real greats. <laughs> one of the greats of Thursday Night Football. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. 42-39 it finished. It was a great game. In favour of the Titans. It was a great game and hopefully... Oh, no, that wasn't the Thursday Night game, though. Oh, you've ruined <laughs> it. <laughs> the Thursday Night game was 19-13 and actually I do remember that being a good game as well. Yeah. But look, Titans Jags, it's not it's not gonna be setting the ratings figures on fire, but this is uh, a, a game that the Jags desperately need to win after losing to the Raiders this past weekend. If they're gonna have any shot at making anything like an impact this year, if Gus Bradley's gonna win his job, uh, keep his job, he has to, absolutely has to win this game. Tennessee at three and four have looked improved this year. DeMarco Murray looks like an absolute monster back in the centre again, uh, but I just. Uh, I'm going to take the Jags just Who's because they have to win it. The Titans are at home. It's Thursday. It's a show. No, I, what am I doing? I always take the home team on Thursday night. I'm taking the Titans. I'm going to go Jags then. I was just 
I was going to go Titans. All right, I'll take the Jags. You take the Titans. Okay. Uh, I'm taking the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, it, not too much analysis is needed here. A- Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota. Um, is that racist? I'm really glad that you've had to uh, advise on that. No, why would it be? You asked this before. I don't understand. Because you told me off air that it was racist <laughs> once. And you've got in my head. <laughs> I think I was just winding you up, buddy. But it's worked. Uh, You've really wound me up. Uh, good. Um, I, he, he's his stat line looks a bit better over the last three weeks than what it did for the first four. However, I still don't think he's the same player as he was last year. Blake Bortles has regressed beyond measure he is he's looking <laughs> awful adam has asked us is it hysterical to say that six and ten could win the afc south this year division of disgrace i think it is but i think that the afc south might become a, a two-time division of disgrace is it a three-time division of disgrace somebody remind us who we picked in other years because i don't remember anymore is when did it, we start the division of disgrace well it's in three years yeah. and it was the south the first year no didn't we have the nfc no because we had the nfc south the year that panthers won it with a losing record yeah, but that was two years ago, wasn't it? And then we had the AFC South, but there was the NFC East was in yeah, close contention. you're right. So I can't remember which of those teams actually ended up being our official. It was the South. Race. It definitely was. So it, can it be back-to-back div- Division of Disgrace champion? Um, and also he wanted you to describe the Jags Colour Rush jersey in three words. Terrible Dijon Mustard. Kid Watch. Kid Watch. Terrible Dijon Mustard. Terrible Dijon Mustard. Fine. No, Dijon Mustard is terrible. Just to verify I do that. love Dijon Mustard. Uh, it's more actually French mustard colour. Couple of... Rather than D- Dijon Mustard. What's your favourite mustard? Couple of non-football tweets. <laughs> <laughs> That's so partridge. I, I refuse to do it. Uh, a couple of non-football tweets we've had Coleman's, in. right. Uh, Jim's got in touch saying, very small detour from the world of football. Love that it's been 108 years since the Cubs won a World Series. 68 years since the Indians won it. Who you got? And if the Indians do win it, do you think the Browns can beat the 68-year record before they come close to a Super Bowl? That would be very funny. I don't think the Indians will win it. I like the Cubs. I like Jake Arriotta. Uh, you do know that the Indians won the first game 6 nothing. Doesn't matter. Well, it's, it's a game best of seven, isn't it? It is a best of seven. So what's, what are you saying? I'm just saying. I know what happened. Are you aware? I wasn't aware of it. But <laughs> I do like Jake Arrietas. Um Okay, he's a pitcher that can only play once every two games, or it might be three. But um, I'm going Cubbies. I like the Cubs. I think the Cubs are more likely to break the streak as well. Cleveland can't win two championships in the space of a year. Nothing that nice ever happens to them. Um the uh, and the other one was Jake tweets basketball season has started should I get into that sport as well and if show show who should I support who should I support now he's a he's a, a Steelers fan Jake um, and actually there was another Billy Big Bollocks moment this past weekend where Jake Viney's in our auction league that we did through the podcast and I, it was half time report and so everyone had left their seats to go to half time I was about to do my my half time update on TalkSport then on TalkSport 2 as I was flitting between the two and between the two of them somebody just went will will from behind and i turned around and jake viney was there in his jersey and stuff and like he didn't make you sign it was like he? i thought it was you and uh well, i came over and i chat to him and he was what a lovely guy really nice bloke but it did i did think that anyone who was surrounding him would be like sorry who's this joker <laughs> <laughs> like who's this guy that he thinks is famous enough to go and talk to never heard of him and it did make me laugh a little bit i thought if you were there you would have gone fully take the mick of the triple b i definitely uh, would yeah. <laughs> exactly 100 yeah, percent uh 
they said, but Pittsburgh, there's no obvious team for him to support in the NBA, basically. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you could support the Pittsburgh Condors. Was there a team in... I didn't realise there used to be a team in Pittsburgh. Um, my feeling... Did you watch last night's game, by the way? I did not see last night's game. Oh, What happened oh. in last night's game? Spurs beat the Warriors 129 to 100. Oh, I did see that. They were, and Hammered them. Like, there was a final dunk from... Someone on the Spurs, which was insane. Emphatic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a big, big win. Golden State, they've brought in KD. It was in Golden State's house they, as well. Golden State should really uh, break their own record this year based on the talent they've yeah. got there. And that's not a good way to start the season. Uh, look, Jake, as with any sport that you're watching in America, my recommendation is to watch it for a season yeah. and then make a decision. Because go for players that you like or uh, fan bases you like, what kit you like. Actually, basketball's great for kits. There's, they've got what so many. Like. Uh, but what? yeah, you should. That's fair enough. If there's not an obvious based on geography or family history or background or anything, watch the sport for a year, two years, three years. Learn who you like. Obviously, I mean, it's weird to all p- to pick a championship team unless you know you've specifically really enjoyed watching them um, or had a reason to. But yeah, just just. Get into the sport before you try and pick a team. I know some people struggle with that—the idea of just well, it's like I, even though I have a little of a, a little love for Penn State, I don't—they're re- not really my college team. I just like watching college football in general. Did you see what happened with them? Oh yeah, I did on That's Sunday night. Ohio State. Something about whiteouts at Beaver Stadium that clearly mean that they produce great games and great performances. Um, <laughs> not that we've ever talked about that before on the pod. Don't know what you're on uh, about. So yeah, that would be my general impression, Ollie. We are rambling again. Any final thoughts that you want to bring to the tabloid? Well, I've told you this, but I'm going to tell the listeners. It was an incredible amount of, uh, thing of coincidence at the, the weekend. I met up with Matt Sherry. We went to Borough Market on Saturday. Um, it was very nice. Sherry had three main things from Borough Market. Uh, fat bastard. Uh, we, we then decided we needed to walk from Borough Market to Waterloo Bridge. So we went across the river um to the north bank of the river and we needed a pub couldn't find a pub we found one went into it of this really weird place called the canning taps went down into it bought a couple of beers uh sherry went to the loo first then he came back i went to the loo went to the loo as i was leaving the toilet the door opens and there's this dad who's showing who's showing his daughter that the men's toilet smells worse than the women's toilet it's not a wrinkle we needed as part of the story. It's well, not I a wrinkle didn't... that you gave us on Saturday night either. No, I didn't. Um, I, I added that just for you because I know you've heard the story before. Who was the dad? No, it wasn't my dad. It was... <laughs> <laughs> it, was Ollie's, it was Ollie's dad and he was showing around an illegitimate daughter that Ollie didn't know he had. <laughs> that what a great story, guys! That would have been incredible. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was the other uncle of my nieces and nephews... Uh, back in Norwich he lives in London but randomly was in this pub it was amazing I mean I love coincidences like that don't you absolutely thanks mate uh, any right. any final thoughts from you no not really Walking Dead uh, have you watched it watched it this morning so my feeling on it is that had they uh, right first of all let's give it some kind of the guy is drunk that's just a little spoiler alert. That's not alert. Alert. Um, um, I think that... <laughs> I love that um one. Um, um, <laughs> tight spiral balls. 
Um, um, <laughs> so, spoiler warning. Uh, I, I, I read the comics, so I'm completely up to date with the comics. So I'm delighted that they picked the, the character they did kill. I'm trying to do non-spoiler, but spoilery. Uh, I'm delighted they killed the character they did kill because that's the same as the comics. And the direction that the person closest to that character goes in from this point forwards, they become an absolute badass. And Whoa. and so I hope that they follow that same line as they did in sure, the comics. Sure. Um, Is it the person that they were closest with or in the past? No, 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 literally, in the, yeah, closest with as a relationship in standpoint, the, not as a... Not, not in literally the, sat next to. No, 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 no. Because they were closest with in before they joined up with a group and then when they joined up with a group you you are making this so much more confusing than it needs to be right carrying on no way <laughs> okay but that okay i understood okay. so yeah i'm glad that they did that um I, I still just maintain that even though it got a real proper holy crap moment out of me i think they could have done the death before <laughs> the end of the series and has the like the cliffhanger being them dying and what how does the reaction happen and all of that and we all would have been just as hooked when last night's episode was on without having the nonsense of the cliffhanger and i think it would have been more shocking and i think it would have been drawn people in more i just think that they they went for a really old-fashioned tv trope that they didn't need to use it's such a popular series i think they could have just done it had a more shocking end to the series and then this series would have been about the response beyond which is what it's going to be from next episode I just think it would have worked better I just would have preferred but they've it. done that ooh who's this this is live <laughs> <laughs> live door person answering. at the door answering but they've done that all the time haven't they yeah. They've done it in every single episode. Will's getting up. Oh, I've seen more of his ass than I really wanted to see. He's selling cla- selling crack. And it's... Oh, that's so disappointing. Don't you just hate it when uh, the postie or a parcel delivery guy knocks on your door, he's got a parcel, and then he says, oh, I've, um, I've got a parcel for across the road. Can I leave it with you? What's the point? I mean, I don't mind taking the parcel, but come on, guy. What is the actual point? Was it something for you, buddy? What I'm really doubly disappointed about is I am waiting for a delivery today. Oh, hold on. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's heard me. (laughs) Tell him I wasn't slagging him off and we were recording a a podcast. Oh, and the other one, BK. Thank you very much. What is going on? So something did arrive for you. (laughs) It was a different. Oh, it was a courier rather than a thing. Yeah, so what are the came... chances of that happening at the same time? <laughs> As we're trying to wrap up the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, This is why we should do it in the studio instead of in my living room. Although now I do get to, as soon as you leave, strip down to my pants while I edit and then fix my woman's computer. Nice. Woman's. My wife's computer. That I, wanna, was, I, you. Ne- I never want to say that again. Hashtag BBB. <laughs> uh, uh, any final thoughts, Ollie? No. Right. Oh, we've sold another three packages of tickets this morning. So good stuff. We're up even further. So get online. Well done, guys. Uh, Gridiron-magazine.com forward slash after party. Uh, I've had it confirmed by Sherry. On the night, the prizes we're going to be giving away are going to be a signed Jags hat, 
Uh, gridiron t-shirt signed by the Super Bowl MVP from uh, Super Bowl 25, Otis Anderson. An Oakland Raiders majestic jacket. So one of those really nice, uh, like Letterman jacket style ones for the Raiders. Uh, and then you also will be entered into the prize draw to win uh, those Todd, that Todd Gurley jersey, the Odell Beckham jersey. Those are both signed. Uh, the Game Pass for a year, the ESPN Pass for a year. All of that's great. You still get a beer if you buy an advance ticket as well. You're going to get a free copy of Gridiron Magazine even if you turn up on the night and pay on the door. It'll be £10 on the door as well. We'd love to see you all down there. And if there is enough demand, I'm going to take the equipment with me. If there's enough of a demand during the late games, we'll put Red Zone in on, on, on the TV downstairs and we'll do a live podcast in the little downstairs bit. But I'm not doing it for an audience of less than like 20 people because... Here we go, Billy Big Bollocks. No, it would be ludicrous. Uh, if we did it for like five people, it would be so silly. You're an absolute disgrace. It w- you know I'm right. You know I'm right. No, I don't know that you're right. So you'd like me? To, you'd like us to do it even if there's no audience there? I mean, that, when we did our podcast at um, at the Super Bowl, when we did our podcast ex- at the pub. Yeah, at the pub. <laughs> it's just me and you and people looking at us like we were mental. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The yeah. pubcast. I also means that we need to make sure I don't get too drunk beforehand because otherwise I'm going to get abusive. Uh, we also won't do the whole podcast because we won't be able to react to all of the Sunday night games. But we'll do like a Wembley reaction. We'll do a party reaction. We'll, we'll do like a tell TGS. Listeners' so questions. There, but basically there will be a spare... Um, basically what will happen there will be a spare microphone there and we'll encourage you to come and sit with us ask a question uh, and get involved so there is a currently I would say a 60-40 chance of the live podcast happening okay I was kind of relying on the Packers game being earlier so all the GB Packers guys would come down and join us but Dutz will be there Paul Mainwaring will be there, so Waxing Lyrical guys can come down and sit with us. We probably need another two microphones. Let's, let's say there's a good chance we're going to do it, but we just need you guys to actually stick around, because it won't be till about 10, 10.30, yeah. towards the end of the later games. And we'll do like half an hour, 40 minutes, with a little audience, and it'll be good fun. Yeah, let's do that. Fine. Okay, thank you very much for listening. Keep tweeting us at Gridiron, etc. as per usual. This has been The Gridiron Show. Hey guys, it's Devon Sam here from LucasAid's sports podcast, Running the Show. Check out this week's episode where we get to meet the one and only Anthony Joshua. Oh my goodness, do you think he wants to be friends with us now? Uh, yeah, mate, he, he told me that he wants to link up and have a bit of sparring. Yeah, sure he did. So head to all your podcast providers and click subscribe. Now also get in touch with us at Sport using the hashtag Running the Show. You will not regret it.